Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 60 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Verbanis, and as always, I am joined by what some some people may say, the best gosh darn co-host out there, and that would be Mr. Bob Lucius. Bob, are you ready to rock? <laughs> Rick, I am, I am, I am ready to rock. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Rock. Because we're going to be rocking this episode because we have a special guest joining us, Bob, and that would be Mr. Brian Polito, who is a, uh, been a longtime career comic book creator, uh, practically 30 years. Well, I think he's celebrating 30 years uh, as this episode comes out, and he uh, is best known for his creations with Chaos Comics and, and recently Coffin Comics of creating characters like Lady Death, Evil Ernie, Chastity, El Muerta, uh, a, a long list of, of horror and supernatural and bad girl characters. Um, he is also done rock and roll comics and he's a big rock and roll enthusiast so bob i thought what better greeting to give you than mm-hmm. are you ready to rock it's all coming together now rick it's all coming together the amount of research that you do to prep is just it's just astounding i am a giver bob <laughs> although my doctor says i'm a carrier Give no her a carrier, extra, whatever you want to go with. No extra charge, folks. It's all included. <laughs> mm. This is inclusive. <laughs> all right. So, Bob, uh, wow, we're 60 now. Just seemed like 50 not too long ago. It does. It, does. it just goes yeah. by in a flash. It does. It's a metaphor for my life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It really is. Um, so, yeah, we have Brian Polito on as a guest. Um, what else we got going on? Oh, um, I thought you were going to say Christmas is coming up. Bob takes a size large, if anybody wants to know. <laughs> That's right. The holidays are fast approaching. Yeah. Uh, and what better gift than to give yourself a Captain America, what would Cap do challenge coin, right? Nice. These are really nice gifts, not only for yourself or for the Captain America fan in your life. Uh, how do you get it? Well, you can't buy it, but you can, uh, we will give it to you, uh, free of charge shipping included, right? All you have to do is become a patron of the Facebook group and the, and the, uh, the podcast here, go to the, our website, which is captain America, comic book fans.com. And you will see on there how you can become a patron. Um, if you join at the shield slinger level which is only $4.99 a month, Bob. What can you get for $4.99 a month? You can't get anything, Rick. You can get like a comic book, right? I mean, you could. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Right. But you're going to get four to five podcasts a a month. Yeah. Do you think we're worth a comic? I think we're worth a comic book, but you know. Yeah. But so anyway, if you, if you become a patron at the Shield Slinger level for three months, we will send you as our way of saying thank you, this what would cap do coin challenge coin 
Rick, I was just, I know I was kidding about the, you know, size large, um, but not really. Um, but, you know, we should do, uh, we should dedicate a part of an episode to uh, the best cat gifts you've ever gotten Ooh. From, from our listeners, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that be totally. cool? Let's yeah. do that. You know, I think that'd be as a holiday special, you know? Uh, I, yeah. Well, it could be the, the best Captain America gifts you've got worse i know it the worst yeah it could be yeah. the worst you know what my worst is yeah the there's a certain is. there's a certain oil painting out there in my likeness <laughs> <laughs> it could be the, the quirkiest the funnest yeah. um outlandish whatever you want to say yeah, yeah let's do that fun. just yeah. totally do that that should be um let's make that episode 64 because that comes out uh, you know, uh, a few days after Christmas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that way, you know, if in case <laughs> anybody got some, some, some Captain America gifts, uh, we can all, um, we can all celebrate them. Yes. Or we can commiserate them or whatever <laughs> they are. Uh, but it's the thought that counts. About. It's, it is. It is. Yeah. Let's do that. All right. All Episode right. 64. Uh, we will mention in their um, favorite least favorite captain america gifts sounds good oh so bob i have a, a i think a funny story that involves you oh um so my sister lives in spain right she's lived there for for a while you should get one of those one of the what happened was you know she lived you know in america her entire life uh one day she kind of got um Fed up. Busted? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> she got fed up and she's like, you know what? I'm going to sell my home, shut down my business, move to Spain. Wow. Right. I know. Wow. Right. Yeah. You know, we're, we're all very um, uh, amazed by her courage and her strength. And um, anyway, while she was there, um, you know, she's, she, she met this, uh, this, this gentleman. Uh, by the name of Sergio, um, and super nice guy, great guy. I've had a chance to meet him several times. Um, so uh, the two of them are together, and they decided um, to start listening to our podcast. Oh my! Right, and they said, "Where should we start?" And I said, "Well, listen to episode one. I mean, you don't have to listen to them sequentially, but episode one, because you know, hey, that's how I got into Cap, how Bob uh -huh. got into Cap. Mm -hmm. It's a short episode, you know." And we're, we're not covering comic books and in, in those particular ones. So, um, you know, check that out. So they did. Now, my sister, she's visiting in town and she uh, she tells me, oh, by the way, we listened to the first three podcasts. Ooh, three. I was like, oh, OK, so that's so that's by the way, that's one more than my wife. So, <laughs> I mean, that's probably, two more, two more than my wife. So. It's probably three more than mine. <laughs> um, so. Uh, so episode two is when we covered uh, Strange Tales 114 and Avengers 4. We had Jesse Simon on. And mm -hmm. uh, episode three was when we did the Bloodstone Hunt, right? Yeah. So, uh, so good for them. Now, now Sergio speaks great English. Okay. Right. He's, he's, he, he speaks wonderful English. So, but one of the things that they, they commented on when they were listening to these episodes, they were like, it's it's really hard to hear Bob. Hmm. And they, they were like, you know, Bob's so 
his his microphone. He's so far away. And and so um, Sergio said, well, well, maybe he's in the kitchen making a sandwich or something. Right. <laughs> so so then then as the next episode comes Logical. out, they're like, oh, I wonder what Bob's making today. And that's that's what that's that's what they're you know saying right I now. I love so, it. I love it. So uh, I assured them that we we worked mm-hmm. on this and that uh, mm-hmm. Bob's uh, microphone gets better as yeah, as the episodes get on. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. Um, he he also said uh, and um, that uh, I have a a very soothing whispering type of voice. I do. And yeah. uh, it's good bedtime listening. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh kathy and sergio if you're listening to this um bob's making uh making, making a blt I, I, yeah i got a blt i gotta i gotta go get the bread out of the toaster so. and uh and i hope you have a pleasant evening and, and great dreams tonight <laughs> hey you know what rick i I, I think we forgot. We've got we've got Brian waiting in the wings here. I think Brian fell us. asleep waiting <laughs> for us. Yeah. <laughs> you heard your voice and just nodded off. All right. Well, maybe we should go wake him up. Let's get right. let's get Brian here on the on the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so Bob, uh, very excited to have on our next guest. We are. Uh, you know, so uh, our next guest, Brian Polito, he has um, been known over the last oh thirty years or so, I guess, in the industry, maybe a lo- lot longer. I, I'm not sure, but he's uh, he's probably mo- mostly known for his original creation of Chaos Comics, right, where uh, it was introduced of Evil Ernie and Lady Death and Chastity and a whole bunch of other uh, very cool uh, uh, characters um, that has evolved over the years. Lady Death's still around. Um, some some new characters uh, that have been uh, introduced. Uh, I think uh, uh, La Muerta uh, with his Coffin Comics uh, realm. So Brian has been in the industry for quite some time. So we're uh, very excited to have him on. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thanks so much for having me, guys. First up, before we get into it, just want to Thank you guys. I acknowledge you for having a great group. Uh, as a longtime Captain America fan, I love the group. I love how it's administrated. And I like the general positive vibe and how everybody's kind of keeping on the topic. And the topic is Captain America, one of my favorite topics of all. <laughs> well, thank you. That thank you. Nice. We appreciate yeah. that. Uh, it is a great group. Uh, currently well over 4,000 Captain America wow. comic book fans, uh, many creators like yourself who are big Captain America fans. Um, so it, it's a great community. Uh, we're happy to have you part of it. You're uh, certainly um, a member who, uh, you know, occasionally posts and you're an active member. And, and I actually have a funny story about that in a minute. Um, but let, let's get back to um, why you're here, right? So we've mm-hmm. had all kinds of creators on the show. Right. We, we've had 
pencilers and inkers and colorists and writers and editors, um, but all have had something to do with Captain America during the course of their career. Um, we've yet to have on a comic creator that has had nothing to do with Cap until now. Uh, and I think for our listeners, they may have a couple of questions. So the first sure. one may, may be, why is the creator who has nothing to do with Captain America on the show? And I'm going to save everyone the surprise. And, and of course, you you helped us with this so you, you, because you, Brian Polito is a huge Captain America fan. And we're going to talk to him about that. The second question our listeners probably have is, What's missing in this picture? So remember when we were kids uh, and there was like a, a magazine that had pictures and it'd show one picture and then other pictures and then say, what's missing in these other pictures? What's missing here where Brian Polito, who has made a comic career out of making horror comics, <laughs> supernatural comics, rock and roll comics, bad girl comics, comics that would make Steve Rogers blush. How is Captain America his favorite hero. It's, it's almost as if you were a member of a heavy metal band like Metallica and, and someone asked you, who's your favorite musician of all time? And you said, Paul McCartney, like <laughs> what? There's certainly some surprise here. So, so how did Brian Polito become such a big Captain America fan? Well, I became a Captain America fan a long, long time ago. I was, I've always been attracted to comic books the idea of pictures and words coming together. And even as a young person, I actually had some challenges with reading and comic books really authentically helped me learn to read and learn to read with proficiency. So as late, as early as probably the age of five, six, seven years old, I enjoyed comics. However, there was a particular day in July of 1974. I was in the hometown of where I grew up, Long Branch, New Jersey, and I went to the local pharmacy where they had a spinner rack. And for some peculiar reason, I was attracted to this particular issue of Captain America, which was 176. And it's one of the, one of the first classic episode where Capper uh, issue where Captain America decides he's going to quit. It was a very evocative <laughs> cover. So my <clears throat> fandom for Captain America began on the issue he quit. <laughs> right. And what I became attracted to initially, I'm, you know, I had to go back and think about this. Um, the, the graphics on the covers of the 70s books were incredible. The trade dress, the impact of the art, the artists, that was a very impactful cover. But when I read it, there was, I guess, some resonance to what was going on at the time. This was 1974, and just a couple of years prior, the, for the former president, Richard Nixon, had resigned, and that was sort of a mind-boggling concept, particularly then, and here I saw this storyline reflected somewhat fictionally in this story, where ultimately it is revealed that someone very, very high up in the White House might have been the bad guy, and this really caused extreme despair in Steve and he decided to put down the shield and as a young person of 13 I just found that very very evocative and as a enjoyer of comics that sort of began my journey of actually collecting them so being that that was 176 I had all these other issues that I can go get and I was very very lucky because at the time there were several places where I lived there was a place called English Town New Jersey where they had a giant swap meet. 
and hidden behind a bookstore was, was literally a golden trove of back issue comics. Like I can, I got most of the cap run from maybe let's say 101 to 176, filling in that gap, paying either 35 cents, 50 cents, or 65 cents for the issue. No joke, no exaggeration. This place was bananas. And so, you know, it was just, it was one of those dream times. And I think what I, I really enjoy, I mean, I enjoy a lot of Captain America to this day. I mean, first the, the impact of the costume now, people who watch motion pictures these days seem to like tone down costumes, but please understand, as a 13-year-old reading a 70s produced comic book, these things were produced on newsprint, 30-pound, very dull paper, not white and bright, and so to have these bright costumes that were very dynamic and very impactful, that's the way it kind of reached out of the page. Um, now it's very, very different. Obviously stuff is printed on bright white paper. So the costume was really impactful, but as I got to learn about the actual man behind the shield and the story, I just really, really liked and identified with Cap, Steve, because he was an aspirational character. And the two traits that I find the most interesting about Cap is I feel that Throughout history, and the great majority of people writing him, he has an innate sense of fairness. Mm. And I think that's a, it's a very interesting trait. And I think that's carried on with, with a lot of the observational writers. And uh, he, he's also, he has an innate sense of decency. So I know those are abstract terms in a sense, but I, those are two things that I really find very attractive. Yeah. And I understand that for, from my career and from what I'm known for <laughs> and what I personally adore, it just seems so, like such a wild contrast when I tell people, most people, it's like, yeah, I've been reading and collecting Captain America comics since without fail, since July of 1974, wow. never missed a beat, whether I was a poor college student, a poor after college student, you know, the ups and downs of life, I would either always have my 20 cents, my 65 cents, whatever whatever it is to go down to the store and get my books. So um, I guess that's the initial, the initial attraction of cap and actually what kind of keeps me reading all these years later. Very nice. So Brian, you, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned caps decency and his fairness, right? As, yep. as two things, uh, maybe the two things most that you admire about cap, but what do you think? Um, what is it about cap? that sort of uh, explains the longevity of the character. The fact that Cap's been, I mean, for 80 years now, he's been able to sort of move and evolve with the times and, and remain popular. You know, it's an interesting question. I've been sort of pondering it and you can place, we can place Captain America in a multitude of stories and then in a multitude of media, motion pictures. And I think that ultimately we all know that Cap really was a skinny guy from Brooklyn named Steve Rogers. And what appealed to the army officers who were looking into the super soldier program was his character. So it wasn't just his physical, it certainly wasn't his physical aptitude. What made him the ideal super soldier was really what he was bringing to the table, an emotional maturity, an earnestness, a desire to contribute and participate to the greater whole in the face of all evidence that says he should not have, because he was a 98 pound weakling. 
So I think that the the superheroic version of Steve Rogers still, to me, operates like that. So he's not, um, you know, Cap's really just not a stuck-up guy. He's pretty much a regular guy. So I do think that Captain America, in a world of um, characters like Iron Man and gods like Thor, ultimately Cap is a bit of a regular guy, somewhat enhanced and almost a guy next door that you could sort of like relate to. Mm-hmm. And his enhancements are kind of a kind of minor. And everything that I believe that Cap has achieved is largely through hard work. So sure, he was enhanced, but he had to train and continue to train and continue to keep an eye on the ever-changing landscape of uh, the world, which particularly in the Marvel Universe, threats are coming constantly and incessantly. So I must admit, guys, that when the motion pictures were coming out, I was really sort of crossing my fingers and hoping that he'd be portrayed with that that real heart, that real soul, and a little bit of an old-time, old-fashioned quality. And I think the movies hit it perfectly. I really, it was pretty emotional for me. I, I, I was completely satisfied. I mean, I would assert that characters like Thor were turned a little bit into a clown, but not our Cap. Like, they, they just did a really good job on Cap. So... I think those are some of his appeals. He's almost like the guy next door. You could kind of relate to him, but he does these miraculous things that, and he's just an easy guy to root for. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's funny um, as a comic fan, right? You became, you were a comic fan first who, who was lucky enough to, yeah. to work in the industry uh, yeah. for make a, a career out of it. Right. Yes. Um, you know, back in, nine years ago, um, in I think it was October of 2012 uh, at that Comic-Con you had posted in our uh, cap Facebook group. You, uh, you got a cap sketch from George Perez. I I think it was at the New York Comic-Con, right? Yeah. Uh, And um, that's actually where you and I met and you, you may not remember this, but this was back in the day when I was working at avatar. Uh, I was a director of marketing and um me and Jim Kahurik, uh met you at Hooters for dinner, <laughs> and and we sat and we had we had dinner together, and you were going on on about Captain America, and because yeah. I'm I'm Captain, you so you and I connected immediately during that conversation. Now you and I haven't talked in, since then, so I don't expect you to remember that, but I just remember thinking it it was odd to me because you know here you know, again, you're known for Lady Death, you're known for Evil Ernie and, yeah. and things like that. And here you yeah. are uh, talking about Cap. And it was, a, it was a great conversation. I knew I, I could tell right away how passionate you were about that. But um, so when you posted that that picture from that convention, I was like, that's when I met Brian. That was, uh, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, it was cool. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, how, how and why I create is, is one topic, but what I enjoy is, is very much what you'd think I enjoy, but also, you know, I, I like all kinds of comics and, mm-hmm. you know, with quite, with great passion and, you know, different topics. And, but yes, of course, like uh, I do adore heavy metal and I'm watching monster and horror movies almost every day of the week, but you know, caps, you know, it doesn't stop me. Caps still my dude. Right. 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 Uh, that's awesome. Hey, you know, you mentioned uh, that you were introduced to cap, I think with issue 176. Yes. But, and I don't want to put you on the spot, right? Uh, but uh, is there a particular story arc? And maybe it's that one. But is there a particular story arc that stands out as your favorite of all time? Well, 
Okay, so I I got this question in advance and I've been ruminating and guys, you know, this is 44 years of reading. Right, so yeah. I probably narrowed it down to the top 15. <laughs> but I know sometimes in the group, there's a poll, like, you know, who's the best team, this, that, and the other. But um, I, I kind of, I, I like some of the stories you wouldn't expect. So I did like that Secret Empire story, the one that culminated in mm -hmm. 176. That was a really good story. However, what I've decided for myself personally that Roger Stern in John Byrne's very small run was just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I felt that the in that short period of time, first of all, the villains are guys like Baron Blood and Mr. Hyde. These guys tell a great story in one to three issues. And the you know, high impact, simple, Cap is totally in the lead. He's making all the decisive moves. I mean, that's one of the many, many great ones for me. Another one that comes to my mind is just a couple of issues, which is it's it's Kirby's second run, and it's not Mad Bomb. It's actually, I think, 202 and 203, where he jumps over to this weird dimension where there's a bunch of homeless people living in a house. I mean, that's the kind of mania that I do enjoy. <laughs> I, that's it. And then what is it, 209 or something like that? Arnim's two, 209, mm, yep. 213, mm -hmm. Arnim Zola, the introduction. So that idea that Captain America has such great flexibility where there can be realistic spy stories or James Bond influence stories or this wacky super science, because he has a long history of that. You know, you go back all the way to Tales of Suspense in the 80s somewhere, the introduction of MODOK, the Cosmic <laughs> Cube, right? Right, so yeah. I've always liked that relationship. Yeah. I, I mean, we guys, we could talk about this, you know, your favorites and least favorites for a long time. I think Mark Wade and Ron Garney coming in for the first time yeah. uh, was a real nice return to form. I think Wade to always, you know, uh, in, in most of his runs just does a really good job of prioritizing who Cap is and gets right into the adventure. Um, one of the pitfalls I see sometimes with Cap writers is the obsession over the origin, the obsession of tying him right into a current event. Uh, sometimes I just like to see my guy get into a nice adventure, you know, that has a short beginning, middle and end without this, you know, two year overarching plot. And I think, you know, Wade and especially with Ron Garney on the art was a real knockout. I mean, there's, there's tons of standouts. So what is it? Daredevil, is it 43? The first time he fights Cap, mm -hmm. I think it's 43. Um, Tales of Suspense 159, Cap, uh, Cap and Nick Fury, drawn by Steranko. Um, is it 241 versus Punisher? Something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I liked Cap, Cap fighting Deathlock with uh, your favorite Mike Zek covers. Pretty hard to beat. Mm -hmm. The way I look at that one, too, it's like Super Soldier of the Present and Super Soldier of yeah. the Future. Because I've always personally viewed Deathlock as uh, another another potential version, you know, possibly of mm -hmm. Cap if things went wrong or, you know, Luther Manning was, you know, killed and brought back. He's sort of like a twisted version, I think. Yeah. So I can probably I could go on. I mean, I think Civil War was a great Cap story because mm -hmm. I think that Cap Cap picked the right side. 
Tony was wrong. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> That's yep. what I'm saying. No That's, arguments. This is this is Team Cap here. Right. Oh. So yeah, Tony, <laughs> Tony was wrong on that one. What are some other Operation Rebirth? I mean, there's, uh, no, there's Wade um, Garney. Yeah, yeah. 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 The Wade Garney when he really kind of set it back up. Um, I did take a note. Civil War. Oh, uh, a, a more recent one for me. The last time I, the super science one was, um, uh, what is it? Stuck in Dimension Z or Dimension Z where Rick Remender did the run with Romita Jr. Where he is stuck in an Arnim Zola world. Yeah. You know, that one went on for a little extra, I think, maybe, but still just the premise, I thought, especially the first six issues. Wow, that was really compelling stuff. And I was really getting the feels for Cap. It was that was a pretty brutal circumstance. Yeah, right. you know, the whole idea of like Arnim Zola creating a world, everything on it is hostile to Steve. That was a great premise, I thought. Yeah, agreed. I, I think it's a very underrated story. I think so. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wow, you just went through a, a whole litany there, um, and and thank you. By the way, you just you basically just went through highlights of many of our podcast episodes. Right. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're sitting here laughing because it's like, oh, okay. Like for instance, that that uh, Roger Stern and John Byrne, uh, wow. you know, just just came out that episode. We just uh, oh just, great, just you know, so that's uh, episode fifty eight for those who would like to check that out. I'll definitely have to check that out. I. In fact, I enjoyed that's the Roger Stern's writing on that so much that as a young writer, before I was ever published, what I did was I took the script of 252, I think it was, with Mr. Hyde, and I, I wrote what I saw as if I was the script writer, because I wanted to understand there's something in the secret sauce of how Stern told that story and I wanted to understand the architecture if I could. So what I did is I took it upon myself to say page one, panel one and describe what I see and recreate the dialogue. And that was the beginning of a sort of a, a training exercise I did for myself in an attempt to just understand the form a little better. Yeah. And that particular issue is the one I started with because I just thought that was a fun story, you know, bombs on a tugboat and you know, Mr. Hyde, great John Byrne art, you know, those super tight Roger Stern storylines. Yeah. And, and packed full too. I mean, uh, you know, it, it just to get through two uh, issues took us nearly two hours. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> uh, you know, because of the, there's a lot of script, there's a lot of captions, uh, yes. Roger Stern fully packs. You get your money's worth with his writing. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, he's up there with, do you remember Don McGregor writing jungle action? There'd be so much captions, so much dialogue. It's like, where's the art? It's all this writing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but then pairing him with John Byrne, uh, just a masterful, uh, work because his layouts, uh, were amazing. Um, you know, cause you, you have Roger Stern's story and I'm thinking right now, uh, of when, uh, cap is tied to the the front of the bow of the ship right and he's yeah. got the chains and he's trying to break free from the chains and roger stern is explaining the story and talking about you know all of what is the urgency behind this and and what caps going a flashback to when the um uh was it Roxon? I, I can't remember the organization. Yeah, I think it's Roxon. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they're talking about you know how it's almost like having a nuclear nuclear bomb, right? Yeah. And he starts envisioning what's happening to the the city, his friends, his loved ones. This is urging him on, but yeah. John Byrne masterfully lays it out so that 
on on one side of the page is Cap struggling with with you know the chain. On the other side of the page, you're seeing what's happening uh, with the flashback to Roger Stern. They were they were a brilliant partner. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating. I wonder if uh, you guys had a chance to see Stern's script to see how how Burn where Burn went with it. But that kind of device is one of the few devices really open to comics. That idea that the juxtaposition of the two to increase mm-hmm. the tension. Yeah, those guys are naturals. I mean, you know that type of storytelling I think is underrated. It, it kind of it does baffle me why we don't see more of that. Uh, for my money. I, I really mm-hmm. like the one or two or three issue thing and then done. Wow. I look back at Fantastic Four 48, 49, 50, introduction to the Silver Surfer, of course, Galactus and the first Punisher, if you remember this little crazy robot creature. But that wasn't even three issues. It was two and a half issues. 48 was sort of taken care of half of something that was begun in 47 and then the balance. These guys did so much in such a little period of time so um yeah i think you're you're absolutely right on i mean when you had said you know you were ready for getting back to the adventure right where yeah. and you you mentioned mark wade where he he understands yeah. the character of cap he he puts him then puts him into an adventure and you're done in one or two three issues yeah. as opposed to a two-year run of a plot yeah. um and we just kind of finished that right with the yes, the coats Right. Yes. Um, and we don't know what's coming next. We've had a couple mini series. Yep. We don't know what's happening. Um, you know, I think you and I are on the same page for my money. I'd like to see a Mark Wade like story where it's more of cap in adventures. I, I, yep. I, I think I'm, I'm ready for a break from, you know, some of that heavier stuff that ties into the current culture. Um, that almost feels like after a while, a, like I'm being lectured to or reminded of what's going on. Or I, I want some escapism, you know, I don't yeah. mind that story. Right. But let, let's, let's mix it up. And it sounds well, like you're on the same page. I am on the same page. I mean, speaking to that particular topic, uh, you know, if you go back and you think about the introduction of the Falcon, they were very able to cleverly deal with some issues around race. Mm-hmm. And yet the entertainment value was super high. So it was really, it was baked in. And so I'm, I'm all about going for that particular ride. Um, I do really look for comics for escapism. And although Captain America, for some people, I, I believe that Cap represents the dream. That's the idea that for me. And so, and that's fine. And now it's time just to get to adventure. As Captain America fans, the last five years, we've had to put up with, in my opinion, things like the secret empire and this notion that he was always a Hydra agent. Um, I wasn't a fan of that. Uh, I, I get storylines like that could be done for, again, two or three months. We're out. I'm fine. But the idea that it would just stick around for a long time, you know, that became laborious. And then with Coates' long run, uh, I felt that that run was living in the shadow of uh, the Secret Empire storyline. So it was still dealing with it. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred to have said, hey, that, that happened, we're on to the next chapter. I mean, I think that's one thing that comics can do and comics have done. Like these crazy things happen. Like, well, Galactus does show up. The earth is almost threatened. The, uh, the problem is taken care of. And now we're on to the next thing as opposed to worrying about um, you know, the presence of these cosmic 
villains. Uh, you, you just kind of comics allow that. So I am with you. I would like to have some fun and get into some adventures and yeah, just keep it, keep it kind of simple for a while. I also think too, as longtime Captain America readers, we see a cyclical quality where people are taking a look at certain topics we've just seen covered time and time again. So the idea of mining and remining his origin, mining and remining his place in, in things, it's, uh, it's a trope that's just been done a lot. And I, I just mm-hmm. think it's time to, you know, for Cap at least, like let's have some fun and adventure and escape. So you brought up Falcon's origin story. Yeah. Right. So seventeen. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, since you you've, you're like me, a long time cap reader, right? Um, yep. and, and you've read all the, the various retcons, right? So yes. I'm curious on your thoughts, right? So we had the introduction um, of the Sam Wilson and the Falcon character. Yep. Then Steve Englehart, towards the end of his run, decides to retcon it and say, that this was a plant by the Red Skull the whole time and that yeah. Sam Wilson was Snap Wilson and yeah. and paint that character where he was uh, basically a thug that, you know, he he changed into a likable guy that Steve would fall in love with and, and you know, in a friendship kind of way. But you know what sure. I mean? Like, right. Yeah. Then we have J.M. DeMatteis. J.M. DeMatteis didn't like that, thought that was a dishonor to Sam's character and so he retcons the retcon and he says okay uh snap did exist but it was just for a short period of time after you know his mom was murdered and his dad was murdered and you know he (laughs) but he overcame that and you know he wasn't a pawn of the red skull he was his own man he was his own character then you have now like maybe five eight years ago I think it was Rick Remender who basically comes back and says, yeah, snap never existed. Right. Like that, that no, we're not, we're not even going to go down that path as, as a creator yourself, as a writer yourself, what do you think of other writers coming in and retconning other people's work? Number one. And number two, of all those retcons as a Captain America (laughs) fan, which ones did you like, which ones you disagree with? Well, uh, this is a fun question. So there's there's a lot of angles to it. And let me explain my point of view on this kind of stuff uh, by taking a look at the world of heavy metal. All right. So for myself, I look at bands that I admire and adore, like uh, Slayer, Iron Maiden, ACDC. And one of the things I admire about them is they figured something out and they never changed and I appreciate that about them. When I go to listen to Iron Maiden, within reason, I know where what I'm going to get. If I listen to Slayer, I know what I'm going to get. There is no Slayer dance record. Uh, same thing with ACDC. <laughs> I know the language of that band. And I admire it. And I actually, I use personally, speaking for myself creatively, I use that as my guiding light. So I'm not personally a big fan of retcons, obsessive reimagining of and in, in reminding of the origin because I believe, let's take Cap's, yeah, I'm going to swing around to a direct answer, but let's swing around to Cap's origin. His origin is perfect. Don't change it. It's, and that's not really where the juice of the story is. The juice of the story is in the adventure. 
the, the constant obsession and rumination on the origin and the remining is really not as interesting to people overall as one would think. So um, my answer to you is if some, if let's say I was in charge of Marvel, I'd be really careful on those types of re-examinations because the way Sam Wilson began in 117, that's our guy. The idea of then saying, you know, in the end it was a plant and he was really a bad guy. Let's admit it. It kind of diminishes him and says something about him that I don't think is uh, in Sam's actual character. Uh, so now by the same token, these are all company owned characters and editors in chief change, writers change. They have different uh, thoughts. I guess remember, you know, just said, okay, I've, I've had it with the, you know, all this stuff. I'm just wiping it out. And it is a bit of the risk that we run. Now here's another interesting concept. Uh, that I have about longtime readers like ourselves on Captain America and other books that we adore. Uh, the truth of the matter is we were, these books are never designed to be read long-term by anybody. So this is what I believe. I believe that your average comic book by major comic publishers with all the characters that we adore, we are meant to read it for about three years and move on with our life. So we catch it during the beginning of high school. And when we graduate and go to college, we're out. That's a, a concept called churning. And I don't think that anyone is considering that people like us are going to read it for 40 to 50 years. And what I have accepted as a longtime reader is I am going to see Captain America show up as a robot. We're going to have Bucky come back 50 times. It, there's a cyclical quality to these stories when people kind of tap the well and they've run out of ideas. So the retcon is probably happening on some particular editor-in-chief's watch. They let it go by. However, I'm not a fan of those. So for example, in my character, Lady Death, it's like she's been Lady Death. Her origin, you can read it in the beginning. The origin hasn't changed. If you like the character, don't like the character, um, it's really about her latest adventures. You know, does she make revelations? Are we ruminating, exploring? Um, for being an anti-hero or a hero, things like that, we are. But as far as what people know to be true about this character, we are not tricking the reader. We are not invalidating their experience having read it. And we're just keeping it steady as she goes. Um, so I think that's the, the thing I really personally attempt to be real careful about. And again, I'll look at a band like Iron Maiden, look at their long career and say, oh, okay, they're giving me kind of what I want and I'm going on adventures with them and they're presenting new material and new subjects, but it's within their vernacular. It's what they've already established. So um, in conclusion, there's the original Sam Wilson's the real Sam Wilson. Uh, no one should be capped except if only Steve Rogers should be capped, but if Steve Rogers shouldn't, can't be capped, it should be Sam. And uh, I have spoken. <laughs> I love, you know, Brian, I love it. I haven't heard that. I've heard the word churning before, but only in the context of butter. Uh, but it seems, to, it seems to make sense because we do see this sort of cyclical nature. You know, Cap's lost his powers, right? Here and we go. For those of us that have been around a long time, we're like, many cricket. How many times is Cap going to lose his powers? But you're right. This churning of a new sort of audience, this is, yes. is all new to them, right? Everything yes. is new again. Buffon yes. hairdos and, and bell bottoms and Cap losing his powers. So, yeah, <laughs> thank you for, you know, that has me looking at it in a different way now. Right, well, yeah, just something to consider. Uh, 
yes. I mean, by the time I think it was like there was a Mike something with one during the Mike Zek run where there was this giant Captain America. I'm like, okay, here we go. It just gets so crazy. Or Android Bucky. It's like, okay, people have run out of ideas. We've seen it all before. Now, Brian, that was the Ameridroid. I, I don't see where, where you have a problem with the Ameridroid. <laughs> but then we saw got, the Ameridroid again and it back again in volume I six, gotta go right? Read, I got to go reread the Ameridroid. You know, in the beginning, I didn't like US Agent, but now I like him. So, hey, things change. That's true. All right. So, so we've talked about a lot of different creators, right? So, sure. uh, what would be your favorite creative team on cap if you could pair oh any writer penciler colorist inker like you know you mentioned roger stern and john Byrne, but they don't have yeah. to necessarily be together like you right. you know if you you want to go with steve englehart with john Byrne, or what's yeah, your dream too. team for 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 captain america well and so i could pick people in their prime and all that kind of stuff oh yeah yeah i got to go back to stanley jack kirby I really liked the late Tales of Suspense run. I think they started hitting a stride. I love Captain America interpreted as a James Bond-like character facing off against super science. I actually went back and reread that whole run uh, last Christmas season. And it was interesting because that run began quite quiet and quite subdued. But, but upon the return of the Red Skull and the Cosmic Cube, things really started going. So I think... Those guys in their prime, uh, really getting along, I would just like to see that run again because they, they just produced stuff that was unfathomable. And really, in the context of time, creators after them always got to refer to what they did, yeah. but they didn't. <laughs> like, they're the architects. So I've, that's always boggled my mind. A lot of the writers that have been associated with CAP, they're tremendous. Uh, Steve Englehart, uh, J.M. Demetrius, Demetrius, you know, Roger Stern, Mark Wade, the Rick Remember run. They're, they're great. Um, but those uh, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, I don't mean to be old fashioned, but those guys were the OGs and they just were coming up with really, really remarkable stuff. Did you have a favorite inker for for Jack Kirby? Oh, uh, Mike Royer. Yeah. <laughs> now, as much as I adore Cap, uh, Captain America, I got to tell you, my complete life obsession is the work of Jack Kirby in general. So, uh, yeah. So uh, Mike Royer is number one. And but I'm not as hard on Vince Coletta as a lot of people are. I, I'm fine. I liked his run on Thor, but uh, Mike Royer plus Jack Kirby equaled a real unique magic, I think. And I, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Hey, uh, uh, is there another answer? Cool. I know. I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, Mike Royer, he's had a few different anchors, uh, but but right, he's more. had. Oh, he's had dozens of anchors. Yeah. I mean, Sid Shores. The list goes on. But yeah, Mike Royer. Forget it. Yeah. Well, you know, jumping jumping back to uh, present times, we just wrapped up our uh, review of the final issue of the United States of Captain America. Yes. And um, have you read it? And what what did you think of it? So, uh, yes, I also have completed reading the United States of Captain America. And I, I, how I would express myself about it was that it was a little below average for me. But let me explain why. So... Uh, this was a story that for me was overstuffed with characters and Captain America was not the main protagonist. And I'm going to be very specific. So in the fifth issue, uh, Cap comes up with the plan. They rally around the plan. They go to execute the plan. And it turns out the plan was wrong and it was a trap. 
Then it was up to Bucky and all the newer caps to come and save the day and make the decisive moves. I got to tell you guys, I got to see Captain America drive the story. I have to. So um, when I was reading that, I, I don't know if it's like, if it's um, cynical marketing ploys to introduce 15 new Captain Americas or not, because they had everybody in there, right? So they had Cap, they had Sam as Cap, they had Bucky, they had US Agent, then they had all the new Cap folk. But I feel what they lost for me, what got lost in the translation is, well, where's my dude? Where's, where's Steve Rogers uh, making the decisive calls in the story? So let me illustrate my point. We all saw the movie Die Hard. And in the first movie, Die Hard, you have Bruce Willis, who's an average guy, down on his luck. He's uh, going to meet up with his wife, see if there's a possibility of reconciliation. A lone man ultimately going up against this group of terrorists, aided maybe psychologically by a guy on the phone down, downstairs. Every decisive move in that storyline, including facing off against the ultimate villain, was done by the Bruce Willis character. Full stop. Um, let's reimagine that same story. But now we're going to add his friend, his neighbor, his sister, his brother, his cousin. And instead of having hit the Bruce Willis character do all the decisive key moves that you need to see, Bruce doesn't face off against the ultimate villain. He instead, the brother-in-law does, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel in a single protagonist type story called Captain, I mean, this one, let's, I admit it's called the United States of Captain America. So that implies plurality. But the way I view the character is usually singular or he's a leader. At the very least, in that story, in that number five, when Cap made the plan, the plan went wrong. And then he, instead of getting trapped, he could adjust and then set everybody on a new course and always lead the story. So that's my expectation. Let me give you one other example of why that. The story somewhat let me down, and particularly the conclusion. Another thing, I am a longtime reader of the Lee Child book series called Jack Reacher. Uh, there's about 21 books in the series. Here's the thing with Jack Reacher. He's going to win every time. There is no doubt about it. It's a detective story, but he's going to win. So the, the interest, I like that Jack Reacher is going to win every time, and I know it. But what I don't know is how is he going to win? And that we're, that's what's really interesting to me. Yeah. So in this particular story, United States of Captain America, what I got was um, a painting of a lot of people who were influenced by Captain America, and yet Captain America didn't get to be the character that they probably were inspired by. They came and they saved the day. So for me, you know, I so that's one piece. Then the next piece. I kind of thought that some of these characters, like the Native American Captain America, as an example, I might like to have seen his story and maybe Cap could be in his story, but I felt it was sort of overstuffed. So that's just my personal feeling on it. Uh, as the way the story itself was visually communicated, it felt to me like too many medium shots and there wasn't any like giant shots or True. I don't know, it just felt very medium, 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 medium. So. Yeah. Um, I would also like to say about my opinion, it's only my opinion. Uh, it means nothing. I love talking about this stuff. I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I am a reader. And my opinion was, it was like, eh. No, it's a, it's a, it's a well-reasoned analysis. And, and I got to tell you, 
because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Rick, but this this episode comes out December. And so I am very appreciative of the diehard movie call out, which is, I think, the penultimate Christmas movie. That's right. So, That's true. Yeah, so well done. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay. Listen, I, I don't know. All right, Brian, I'm, I, I may have to debate you on this. Well, OK. So I like first of all, you brought to light something that I had not even considered. In fact, that Cap didn't win the day. Others had to come in and assist Cap. They you know, literally honestly, had to save him. I, I, honestly, it didn't even occur yeah, to me yeah, until we you pointed we it out. That, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we, didn't, we didn't mention that at all. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me until you pointed it out. I, I was totally lost on me. Um, but I see where you're going with the analogy of Bruce Willis and Die Hard. I think where I, I de- have a, a differ of opinion on this is the only difference is that was the first Die Hard movie. It wasn't 80 years of Die Hard. If it was 80 years of that character and they finally did that story where his sister, brother, cousin, neighbor came in. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be, you know, have that big a problem. Well, okay. Look, can we do this? So what if we recast the ending just a little bit? So this is chapter five, issue five. So Cap sets out for the, to do the plan. The plan doesn't go right because it should never go right. But Cap, because he's Cap, recovers and he uses everyone as soldiers to finally go after and solve the ultimate problem with the bad guys. So he finds something unique about every one of the Caps, an aptitude that's unique to that person and sets them on the course. And he needs all those pieces of the puzzle to finally solve the problem and defeat the bad guys. Yeah. But what I'm trying to communicate is Cap didn't drive the story. Right. So oh, I agree with you. Everybody yeah. admiring Cap if, yeah. if, he, if he, they can't see him up close. And imagine the end of that particular story. As I told it, at the end, everybody just be really happy. It's like, yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy I admire. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, we talked about this in our review that it's it felt rushed. You know, the last issue felt like they yeah. had to wrap this bad boy up and it yeah. would have been good if they'd had a few more issues to do exactly what uh, what you're suggesting i think i think that would have played out well it was unfortunate however that it, it did seem like they just had to wrap that thing up yeah, so i'd thing- like to speak to one other topic within this particular story i think the characters onto themselves who take upon you know the guys of captain america it's fine but I wonder cynically, is this just an effort to just make more Captain Americas? And, you know, we've seen this compulsion in comics. You know, there's a whole family of Batman characters. There's a whole family of Spider-Man characters. And we've all been reading this material long enough to know that originally there was one Spider-Man, one Wolverine. And, but the trend, this is the way companies grow their business, I guess, is mm-hmm. Batman has a sister, brother, sister, cousin, literally a dog, all that kind of stuff. That's all part of it. So sometimes I'm reading this piece and I'm feeling a little cynical. It's like, okay, I'd rather have the one juicy Captain America story than the half-baked, half-formed characters that I'm supposed to um, you know, get on board with. Uh, but again, I mean, some of those characters I thought were perfectly interesting and fun, but I, I'm, I'm just wondering, what, it, how, what am I supposed to be getting out of this? Yeah, so. yeah one of the things that I, I found with the story a little unbelievable for Steve Rogers character is I just don't see him taking untrained, unprepared, unpowered characters into battle. That doesn't seem like something that Steve would do. 
Well, against, yeah, against warrior woman in sin. These are vile, vile people. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, those are great villains to pick in Hatemonger. I mean, they're, they're great villains to pick for the story. Yeah, I love the villains. Yeah. And and another another I, I know maybe you didn't mean this maybe you, but, but maybe the wheels were turning Hans Gruber hate monger that's right yeah right I mean very very similar <laughs> accents so that's there you go <laughs> you're a genius <laughs> <laughs> I think we all spend too much time thinking about this stuff right <laughs> <laughs> so in conclusion um, that one was okay for me but. Uh, but the crazy thing is I'm going to read the next one anyway, you know, I'll be there. It doesn't matter. And again, I don't bring up my opinion to like, you know, cause anyone distress. It's my opinion. It doesn't matter. I have friends. I don't know about you guys, but I have friends, uh, dear friends. And we argue about the lineup of heavy metal bands, the way people obsess about <laughs> sports, you know, what was the best record? What was the best lineup? You know, this, this band sucked after this point, like we're into it. But again, we're all doing it for fun. Like we're all in about it, but it's all really for fun. Oh, we're here to talk about what we like and don't like and our opinion. So that's that's the fun part. Um, so, OK, what comes after United States of Captain America? And I'm not, I'm not talking yeah. the Captain America Iron Man miniseries. I'm talking about the the next volume, right, which is going to be yes. volume 10, I want to say. Okay, um, yeah. yeah. Who would Brian, who would you like to see tackle Cap? In, 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 the, in the next series, in volume 10. What, what creative team would you like to see on there? Well, I'll tell you, I know who I'd like to have it to be the writer. And I would like to see Jason Aaron take on Cap for a nice long run. Mm. He did a great job on Thor. Mm-hmm. I think his current run on Avengers is utterly fun and outlandish. Like truly outlandish. But we can work together on figuring out who the heck should illustrate that. Now, what's great is the last 10, 15 years, we've been spoiled with tremendous artists. You know, Steve Epting comes to mind. What, mm-hmm. a, what an amazing talent during the Winter Soldier storyline, which, which itself is tremendous. Um, out, of the current, out of the current talent pool out there, who would we want? Um, the thing about Jason Aaron, I noticed, if you're reading his Avengers, a guy like Ed McGuinness is... Mm-hmm. Uh, explosive uh wild kind of storyteller i would like to see someone who could be closer to the realistic ideal maybe so who the heck would that be uh so that part i hadn't thought about but i but i did think that jason aaron would just be really interesting uh again name name check in his avengers run it started out with this crazy idea of the avengers 1 million bc and they're still, you know, coming to the conclusion of this run. And now they're going to go into the multiverse. And that tends to scratch my itch where I like super science and outlandishness and, and fun. I mean, I think with uh, Jason Aaron, you know, mission accomplished there, it's just complete lunacy. All right. Well, hey, you know, we'd like to, I think, throw a couple uh, questions at you from some of our uh, devoted, faithful, committed listeners. I love so it. The fir- yeah. So the first one is from Joshua Van Dyne, who uh, who saw your video. I think it was uh, for the love of comics, celebrating collecting <laughs> Captain America with Brian Polito back yeah. in 2019. And he said that you mentioned that you'd like Captain America to get back to the simple old natured hero who goes through trials and tribulations yes. to overcome great odds and just be a hero. So yes. if you were given the opportunity oh. by Marvel to write Captain America comics. Oh. 
How would you steer Captain America back from the given with a storyline that we just departed to something something new? Well, I probably do just what uh, Jason checked out there. I mean, here's the fascinating thing. I just am so, if given the opportunity, certainly I would I would take advantage of it. But interestingly, it's never it's not quite my ambition to do that kind of stuff. I I do what I do, and I really enjoy it. Um, but if I were given that opportunity, yeah, my year long run would probably be singles, doubles, and triples. So trying to keep the storylines really contained. I think that most guys and gals who got on Captain America, they, they have to tell their Red Skull story. So they're kind of mining the obvious. So although I don't have an answer, I think I would have to go for the less obvious. So I know I probably would be dealing with barren blood. Um, I would, I probably couldn't resist not dealing with another sleeper because it's my favorite uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, I would Maybe in my 12-issue run, I would have like an element of the, the James Bondian super spy. Then I would go into some sort of mad super science. Maybe then I would do some sort of survival kind of simple thing. And then maybe end it with Captain America doing something that has to bring a bunch of people together and where he shows leadership. And then I'd probably go back and try to find some of the non-obvious villains, maybe use them a different way. I might not be able to resist using Baytrock the Leaper. That's probably obvious, but everyone's got their probably their little Baytrock itch. Yeah. I, I would probably resist Red Skull, although everybody wants to put Red Skull up on the board for themselves. Maybe I'll introduce like um, the lost son of Red Skull, you know, forget Sin, oh. maybe the son. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. The son who's like, you know, really upset with his father who abandoned him. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, now, if he was going to rebel against his father, would he be good? <laughs> I think he'd be good. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. That's and then he nice. just couldn't help it because it's in his DNA. You know, it just yeah. it'd fracture him. He'd be schizophrenic. A, I love it. Dual love personality. It. Right. Tom, so on the Tom. one hand, he shows up. Here we go. We're writing the story. Here he shows up initially. We don't know who he is or what his relationship is. And he shows up as a benevolent force. But there's just something in that DNA, something wrong that's just going to ultimately crack and you know, lead to it. Maybe another guy to bring back. It's been a while, has it? Uh, Dr. Faustus, kind of an interesting character. Um, yeah, and I love I, I love all the invaders villains. You know, I really do like those crazy old Nazi villains. Uh, you know, Warrior Woman was great. You Man, you know, these types of characters. So right, right. maybe it would be kind of, uh, maybe my arc would also look at Cap's Bicentennial Battles, which I thought was just fun trip through a bunch of different arenas and mm -hmm. times. You got me started, guys. I don't right, exactly well, know what I do. But I <laughs> All right. Well, I just hope, I'm hoping, you know, we've interviewed Tom Brevoort and, and I'm hoping <laughs> that he's listening and plants a bug in Alana's ear. That's all I'm saying. Oh, uh, fair enough. Right on. <laughs> Bring it on. All right. Uh, another one of our listeners, um, Ralph Warner, he asks, uh, Brian, Pretend you get the license from Marvel to do a horror horror-based miniseries. What classic monsters are you having Cap take on? Now, I know you already mentioned Baron Blood, so maybe maybe some other classic monsters that Cap could fight. Who who would there be? Well, you know, Captain America has a long history of encountering monsters as long back as in World War II encountering Frankenstein and the invaders. Right. So 
I think I would do a storyline that would span the generations. It would begin probably before Cap meets up with Frankenstein. I'm going to introduce a crazy mastermind, mad scientist, maybe someone like before Arnim Zola. And then this storyline is going to traipse through the years, coming back to the present. And we're going to have a blast because we're going to have fun with all of the Marvel 70s uh, monsters. So that's going to include Werewolf by Night, Tomb of Dracula, Lilith, Satana, Living Mummy. I might throw Killdozer in there. I don't know. Hmm. Um, and we do need a super villain, uh, like an arch villain who has an agenda. Uh, I can't use Baron Blood, but he'd be a good archetype for that. I would also, like if I had the ultimate bad guy pitting Captain America to distract him against all these various monsters, what I would like the arch-villain to do is to ignite a final sleeper, and that sleeper's ability is to call forth all the giant monsters of the Atlas era. Yes. We got to do that. And And then, because it's so corny it's cool we might have to have the return of cat wolf yes gotta do it (laughs) gotta do it (laughs) but we we may also have to take that notion you know cap turning into something supernatural how about i was thinking um ghost cap cap rider cap taking on the persona of a ghost rider perhaps i don't know franken cap yeah that's what we have franken seen. cap <laughs> we did that with punisher though right yeah that was frank yeah yeah franken punisher yeah, yeah. you know i it's uh, we, i i wasn't going to ask this but you you brought this up and it, it got me thinking about you know there were a lot of cap horror stories in the golden age yeah uh, that, that really we they haven't been plumbed you know haven't taken a lot of those sort of stories and brought them forward and modernized them and uh that would be I cool would go back and find a mad science underutilized mad scientist from that era yeah. and kind of weave that person in but that'd be fun i mean that's a, that shows the flexibility of cap though you know whether it be super science super spy or up against you know, straight up monsters you know it's always worked and yeah so i Clearly, it's all the so our first draft here is a complete mess, but there's some enthusiasm, right. so we have to shape it into something. <laughs> well, I know you're uh very passionate uh in what you do, and obviously, you have a, a creative mind. Um, so for the listeners who want to check out Brian's work, uh, so go to coffincomicsshop.com, sure. Right? So, uh, and there's a link in the, uh, the show notes uh, of, of our podcast. You can find the link there. Uh, Brian, what are some of the highlights that they can find there? So Coffin Comics is a contained universe of supernatural inspired characters, also inspired by rock and roll, led by the character I've written for close to 20, well, as we sit, 27 years, 28, Lady Death. She's a sword-wielding battle maiden who fights evil in hell and on earth. Most of my characters are anti-heroes. So I really am exploring not the heroic ideal, but the anti-heroic ideal. Another character that we have, and I would, what would I, who would I like in Lady Death to for people who are unfamiliar? Um, uh, uh, meaner, 
Wonder Woman, uh, Red Sonia, these types of okay. characters. Mm-hmm. Another character we have is La Muerta. And so La Muerta is a street level revenge story told entirely inside the milieu of the Mexican American experience. And she would have a lot in common with a character like Punisher. There are supernatural overtones as we explore um, her relationship with a saint called Santa Muerte, the saint of death. We have yet another character who is straight up a villain. Her name is Hell Witch. And throughout my career, for some reason, I'm attracted to telling the stories of villains. And she is a villain. And I find a way to make that character still sympathetic. Now, there are other characters expanding in our universe. But generally speaking, we are like a um, a Metallica record come to life, usually told with... uh, (laughs) A fair amount of sex and violence. These are comics for college age and above, but it is written by a person who grew up loving horror movies, heavy metal, and 70s Marvel monster comics. So that is kind of pretty much what I do. So if that sounds interesting to you, I cordially invite you to check out our wares. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Go to Coffin Comics Shop dot com and, and check those out and then of course you can always uh catch up with brian on the captain america comic book fans facebook group i am on there i am checking i gotta tell you too guys again i complimented you very much in the in the beginning but i also like to say it's just fun in the morning scrolling through and seeing all the gorgeous covers of captain america now i know i am biased but captain america's got the best history of comic book covers they're just the best there's so many great ones and you know, as uh, fellow fans just post all their favorites, it's it's just great. You know, it's sort of like getting a dopamine blast of cap every day. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Yeah, it, it is a nice little oasis from yes. the rest of the world. We, we yeah. try to keep it that way. Yes. So, Brian, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you and sharing uh, your passion for Captain America with us and your history of the character, your love of the character. Uh, so thanks for coming on the show. The pleasure is all mine. Again, guys, thank you so much for what you do. You definitely make the world a better place, at least according to me. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks so much. Well, right. That was a fun conversation, a lively conversation with Mr. Brian Polito. What a a lot of energy. It's some great insights too. Things I had churning. Like I said, I just always thought of butter, but it really is the audience. Uh, Great, great insights. Yeah. And I like getting his insight uh, and uh, feedback on some of the uh, different storylines, like, you know, his thoughts on uh, the United States of Captain America, his thoughts on um, Secret Empire, uh, the mm-hmm. Coats Run. Um, you know, he wasn't he wasn't shy about about sharing it. And of course, like he said, just his opinion. Others may differ, but you know, hey, that's why we had him on because we wanted to hear his opinion. Right. And I think I think you know, I mean, if we're going to dis- we should if we distill the whole conversation down, the takeaway is uh, go watch Die Hard this Christmas season. That's right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if I had known that that's what we were going to talk about, maybe my beginning, uh, instead of of being "Are you ready to rock?" maybe have been like "Yippee ki yay, mother!" Oh, hello, oh. <laughs> <laughs> language. <laughs> uh, all right, well, Bob. Um, next episode, 
we are going to get into a volume of Captain America we have not touched yet. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know why it's taken us so long, but I'm glad that we finally got around to it. I know. I mean, it it's taking us 61 episodes to get to volume four. And so volume four, for, uh, for those who may not remember, um, started off in 2002, I want to say, uh, with the um, John Cassidy art, right? And it was the post um, 9-11 story um, where Cap taking on terrorists. Um, it was uh, an excellent story. And we won't be covering that. Instead, um, we're going to be covering uh, issues 17 through 20, uh, which is a story called Cap Lives. And why did we pick this story? Um, well, because it's it was a really cool alternate reality story where Captain America is, uh, he's, you know, frozen in ice, he's floating. And instead of being found by the Avengers, he's found by the Germans who, by the way, they actually won World War II. And so it's almost like a X-Men Days of Future Past type story. Yeah. Because we get to see all these other characters, but different versions of them. And Cap, of course, being the centerpiece, the glue that holds everything together. It's a great story written by Dave Gibbons of Watchmen fame and art by Lee Weeks. Um, it's a, so it's a, it's a great four issues. Now, Bob, I'm going to tell you, uh, it's a little long. <laughs> <laughs> it's four issues. So it gets, yeah. uh, it's a little, little long, but totally yeah. worth it. Yeah. Totally if you're not near it. a bathroom, bring like an empty Gatorade <laughs> bottle or something with you. Yeah. 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 You may, you may want to take two commutes to work to listen to this one. <laughs> Just say it. Um, all right. So that's next episode. So, uh, as always, Bob, I've had fun wrapping cap with you. I have as well. And a thank you for uh, the rock and roll spirit tonight, Rick. That uh, made my night. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, he's Bob Lucius and I'm Rick Verbonis. And you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America comic book fans podcast.